With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Gamer Heroes episode 55. I am Derek. I've got my co-host John with me. We've got a fun show for you today with a special guest who we'll get to in just a moment. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different stuff. We'll be discussing the Atari VCS, which launched its Indigo Go campaign this past week. A bit about Red Dead Redemption's two pre-order bonuses. Fallout 76. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about Pokemon. We'll see how things go. And then we're going to discuss some games that we've been playing, including Towards the Pantheon, The Crew 2's Closed Beta, and PSVR. All right, so, John, how you doing, man? Good. What's going on? It's been a while. Been a couple weeks. It has. It's been a couple of weeks. Good to be back. Lots lots of news. That's good. Yeah, tons, tons of video game stuff as we ramp up to E3. I thought you might want to introduce our guest, since you two are also business partners. Yeah, everybody, you might know him if if you listen to the uh, gamer, or excuse me, the heroes, the screen heroes podcast. Uh, it's Ryan. Hi guys. Hey. What's up? He goes by Jack Burton on here, but uh, <laughs> no confusion. So. Yeah. What's going on with you, Ryan? Oh, not much. Just excited to talk about video games with you guys. Well, that's this is the right place, right? That's what we're here for. Um, so we'll start off with some news, um, and I thought, Ryan, you could kick us off because you are a big Fallout fan, and we had some Fallout news. Yeah, we had like a, a random uh, Twitch stream that popped up uh, earlier this, well, last week, I suppose it is, uh, and it was it stayed up for about 24 hours, uh, only to reveal a trailer for a new Fallout game. Uh, called Fallout 76 that we literally have no information for other than the title and a trailer that really didn't say anything. Um, if you're a Fallout fan, then you can glean a few clues from the trailer and from the title. Uh, so there is a little bit of information, very subtle, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting if you're a Fallout fan, a fan of Bethesda in general, so I'm excited to see where that goes for sure. It was a nice trailer. I mean, the music was solid. It's definitely what I've come to expect from them from a trailer perspective. Yeah, Country but... Road is really getting overplayed right now. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it, between Kingsman and, you know, what, every other bit of media that, that it's been in. But, yeah, I, I was really happy to hear it in the trailer for sure. It, it fit well tonally, I feel like. Um, now, so for me, I'm not the biggest Fallout fan. I've played Fallout 4 a little bit, not even that much. Um, I know the general aspects of the franchise, but for this one, for Fallout 76, um, so the the name 76 is, this is like the bomb shelter 76? Yeah, so in, Fallout, in the Fallout universe, there's things called vaults, which during the nuclear war, um, they put people in, 
to protect them from the nuclear blast. And a lot of times they did, they set these vaults up to do ridiculous experiments uh, on their human population. Um, some pretty screwed up stuff in some cases, but uh, this is talking about Vault 76. Uh, you could tell because not only the title, but they always put the number of the vault on the back of the uh, like jumpsuit that the vault dwellers wear, and, and that's visible at the end of the uh, trailer. Mm-hmm. Now this one, I guess, now I, I'm not sure if this was confirmed or reported on, so maybe you can help me with this. This one is supposed to take place only like 20 years after the bombs dropped, whereas like Fallout Four was like two hundred years after. Yeah, so so uh, Vault Seventy Six was a control vault, which is basically there. I think there was like twenty control vaults uh, where they weren't doing experiments or anything, and they were going to be the first to open uh, after the bombs dropped. Uh, and actually, this one takes place twenty five years after. Um, they're kind of finagling the time a little bit based on what the other games have already set up. You, they do show a date in the trailer, uh, which is actually 25 years. So versus what they've talked about in other games, uh, lore, which is that it would, that it opened 20 years after the blast. But yeah, this one's a control vault. It's one of the first vaults to open up. It's located in uh, Virginia. Um, so it sounds, or it seems like we're going to be getting some, uh, mountain and coal mine type environments which should be interesting not something we've really dealt with much in the uh, fallout universe nice hey john have you played any of the fallout games yeah yeah you i played uh, fallout 3 a lot um a lot and four i've only dabbled in some uh it's just it's a huge time consumer for me so it's hard to balance all of that but i would love to get back into it and fallout 76 is um it's a, it's a little exciting. It's also, I don't know how many times we can beat a dead horse. Um, I feel like, you know, what can we add that's going to make this one different from 4? Because I felt like 4 has everything you, you can think of, honestly. Um, I don't know what else to add. Like, you can't make, you. I mean, you can make, and this is supposed to be before, so like a prequel kind of in a sense, um, since it takes place. Uh, 60 years before the first fallout and then about I don't know it's a, it's a long time before so I imagine the gear and tech and all the, the guns and everything should be older and not as advanced so that makes it a little challenging um, so maybe the creatures maybe they'll put more into the creatures but it looks like they're talking I guess there's rumors about this being online for a lot of it yeah, so a lot of the reports are basically saying that this is going to be a multiplayer experience, like an mm-hmm. online pseudo-MMO kind of thing, rather than just the single-player RPG experience. Um, I'm not sure if that makes it better or worse. I'm sure it depends on the person. Um, for me, I'm not a huge fan of those persistent online games, simply because I just don't have the time to dedicate to them. Um, but at I'm just hoping it's not like Destiny. So I hope it's just we're all in the same world doing our own thing and it's not like you have to go here and you can only do that trial, you know, something like that. They'll call it something else, clearly. But I hope they don't do that route, go that route. So, Ryan, do you have any thoughts about it being an online multiplayer experience? Well, I mean, we're basically the rumors are like one article from Kotaku that everybody's quoting saying that it's going to be a very different type of game and, 
an online survival RPG is the term that's been thrown around, um, which, you know, if you, if you're familiar with current games, DayZ, Rust, those type of games, um, is what they're going for supposedly. Um, I would personally hope that it would be more like a Borderlands type where you don't have to play it online, but if you want to play it with like three or four people, then that's cool. Elder Scrolls Online kind of failed because the whole point of Elder Scrolls, at least in my opinion, some people probably like it, but, uh, it was it, the whole point of Elder Scrolls was you're the you're the center of the story and all these things happening in the world around you, uh, you know, are something you did whether it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. And when you put that in an online situation, then then you're not special anymore. You're not you're not the Dovahkiin. You're one of hundreds of thousands of Dovahkiin that are all running around with eight year old boy voices and saying how they screwed your mother last night or something like that it's so it's it's uh it's not something that i think can translate super well to an online mmo type situation so i hope it's more of a small scale uh online game yeah that's fair i do now that you kind of mention you know how borderlands is set up that would be pretty fun if like a small group of like four of you could get together and experience it as a as a core group rather than an mmo style thing um but yeah, I guess we'll see. Like it is, it is this you know very little actual information's been confirmed from Bethesda. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. But I'm sure we'll get more information here at E3. I'd be surprised if we get nothing about the game. They're set up for Saturday. Yeah, yeah they already June said 10th. I think that they're going to announce it. Give more. They're doing a big thing, big reveal on on Saturday. Um, I don't know what time. When do you? But they've got. They've actually got a few things lined up. They're talking Rage 2. They're talking Prey. I don't know what they... looks like they're going to change some, some Quake champions. So they actually got a lot of things lined up here. When do you guys expect Fallout 76 to launch? Well, Bethesda doesn't usually, like, uh, uh, announce a game and then spend two years working on it. So I'd imagine it'll be, like, an August or September launch. They're probably pretty close, I would imagine. Um, I mean, the trailer looked really finished, but you can't tell anything by that because it wasn't a gameplay trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but based on Bethesda's track record, I would assume that it would be, you know, not too many months beyond the end of the conference. Yeah, that's fair. I was thinking maybe in line kind of with what they did for Fallout 4. So, um, yeah, good stuff. What was that? Was that a couple months? If I remember right, it was like an October release. I honestly don't even remember how they released that game. What do you mean? I don't think it was as big as this. Oh, I mean, I remember it being kind of a big deal. I, I mean, I, I got the collector's edition and got a couple for, for other other friends and, and things like that so we could all have the Pip-Boys and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, for me personally, it kind of fizzled out, but that's just a personal preference on the game, not, you know, anything that Bethesda did wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, then let's move on to Atari. So we've talked a bit about the Atari box, which is now the Atari VCS, which is Atari's attempt at creating a new home console to compete with Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo in the home console race. Um, They were doing it through crowdfunding, through an Indiegogo campaign, which finally launched mid-last week, and it's been an interesting time. Um, It had an initial goal of $100,000, which it beat incredibly quick getting to uh about two million dollars in the first day um 
it's just over two and a half million, so it's definitely slowed down after the first day. Uh, how do you guys feel about this? Is this something that you want to get in on and pre-order before the campaign ends, or do you still need to see more? Ryan, go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, I'm interested to see what comes of it. Uh, I was, I was really tempted to pre-order it, but I mean, that's that's a lot of money to just throw at something that we really know nothing about. Um, the the hardware is not really anything to write home about. Um, you know, it's. I think I think the main point, the main thing that they're going for with this is uh, supporting the in, indie uh, studios. So you know the games like Cuphead or Super Meat Boy or these other games that you know they did end up getting released on the big consoles, but they probably took a lot longer to get released than something would on the Atari system because a lot of their thing they're banking on is the, is something similar to the Steam Greenlight, which allows uh, developers to submit a game and and have people play it there and do all their things directly with the console manufacturer so i think that 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 is what they're banking on i don't think they're going to have you know the next uh fallout i don't think they're going to have fallout 76 on the atari vcs and i don't think they're going to have the next doom game or god of war or whatever i think that they're going to be mostly banking on the indie companies and uh hoping that they have some good hits uh something like cuphead that you could only get on the atari vcs um that would be where my money is going or where my bet would be going i would assume is that they're going to go that route personally and if they go that route i like to support things on the ground level uh and they just come out and say that instead of kind of dancing around that then i'd be more likely to uh support it but probably not until closer to the actual launch date yeah i think that's my main issue is that i think you're right that that's the goal but they're so secretive about the whole thing, right? We've known so little about this console. Even now that the campaign is going and people have contributed, we've got um, almost 10,000 people have backed this campaign and we still know so little about it. Um, there are no major first party developer, publisher companies that are uh, confirmed for this. They do have some confirmed partners, but they all are indie companies. Um, some of which I don't even recognize. Um, so I'm not even sure what, what some of these games might be. So you, you really are banking on the indie games plus this Atari Vault, which is the over 100 classic Atari games. But this is not a cheap console. Um, to Ryan's point, like the specs are nothing to really write home about. It's almost like having a, uh, the Nintendo Switch hardware, but it's not a hybrid console. Um, and it's going to cost you like 300 bucks. Right, so for two ninety nine, you get the what they're calling the collector's edition, which is the wood version of uh, of the console with the joystick. That's it. That's all you get. No games. No no pro style controller. Um, if you want to go in at the ground level, that's two hundred dollars for the black Onyx console. No controllers at all. Okay, so the joystick is. Uh, 30 bucks and the what they're calling the modern controller which let's face it is just it's like a switch pro controller right um is 50 bucks so you know if you want to really have the full experience here you're going to be spending 350 um to get the full console or you know 260 if you want the onyx edition so it seems like it's a pretty steep buy-in for something where we have no information right like when the Switch was first coming out and it was going to be $300, there was some apprehension from a lot of people, myself included, but we still knew we were going to get Zelda, Mario, Mario Kart, Splatoon, you know, those types of things. 
So if you like Nintendo's first party stuff, then it's a safe bet. But we don't know what we're going to get here. So, John, I'm curious how you feel about this. Honestly, I am surprised. Honestly, I'm I'm I can't believe there's that many people that are willing to put that much money down because it looks like they had uh, a lot of they had banked on a lot of sales because they have a lot of units per each edition. It looks like, um, which was surprising, right? We're looking somewhere around twenty five thousand each edition. Well, so that was the case. I think that might have been a glitch in the system because I'm I've been looking over it today and the numbers are much much lower. So you're, they're showing showing things like. 189 left of the Onyx Edition console, or, or uh, let's see, only 576 left of the Onyx bundle, which includes uh, the all-in is what they're calling it, which includes. See now that makes a little more sense. Yeah, because what to me when you say I have 25,000 of each edition, and I'm only asking 100,000, it's a little fishy and it's a little weird to me that a company would. Uh, would do that, uh, especially when they don't have like this huge release. They don't have any. They don't really have any ace in the holes. Um, so the surprising part about it all is that they did get, you know, so much money so fast, and that there's that many people willing to throw their money at something um, that literally is a docked switch that hopes and dreams it could be a steam box. Um, so it's just it's just to me. You're not going to get my money until you tell me a list of games because I'm not going to give you 300 bucks or 200 bucks, whatever, uh, for Atari Classic <laughs> that comes preloaded. <laughs> uh, hundred Atari games, is that right? It, it, they say over a hundred. We don't really know uh, what over a hundred uh, low quality. Well, they're um, they're classic games, and like that's kind of cool. Games. I like the idea of the vault, and if they wanted to sure. do. You know, an NES classic, SNES classic kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's great that they make it uh, available up front right away. Um, but honestly, is that enough for you to spend your money on it? Um, no. Apparently, a lot of people think that. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> 10,000 people think that. And, um, and to your point, though, I think the $100,000 as the, the goal for this campaign is probably a little disingenuous because that was only going to take, um, you know, a very low number of people to to hit that goal, right? Right. So, it, but but it's like if you're saying you're only asking a hundred thousand dollars, and you already ma- you're already promising twenty five thousand units per each level. That's the the math just doesn't add up to me. They needed four hundred people to basically back this thing, and and basically you could never miss your goal. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So with that, that's why I'm saying the 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 goal was was nothing. It was really there because Indiegogo requires it. Um, yeah. But you know you can buy the controller separately. But here's the thing: how do you know how many you need? Do you need to? Is this a multiplayer type experience? How many games use the jo- joystick? Right. Do you need? The modern controller for most of the games, is it just the joystick if it's really just this vault? We really don't know. Um, now, th- it's supposed to have 4K streaming um, abilities. It's supposed to be able to have modern streaming apps. Um, we don't know what those are going to be, but I assume they mean things like Netflix. Um, they're supposed to have voice control commands, which I guess we'll see how that goes. Microsoft did it okay with the Kinect. <laughs> Um, not great, just okay. So I don't mean to jump in there, but like just on the hardware limitations alone, 
I don't think it could handle. Um, they couldn't go really. F- Honestly, they couldn't go really far in the future on that hardware. Um, they can't handle VR. Most likely can't. Um, they're probably not going to have any motion type controls. So, I, I'm I'm really just saying, it, like, how good is this machine going to be? Is this is their this is their way this is their entry point into the console war? And I know they keep saying we're not competing. We're completely different. We're doing something else. Um, but at the end of the day. You're also you're billing yourself as a as a console that can compete, but we're not competing. They keep saying that it's just kind of confusing, especially for the consumer. Um, so is this is this something you know? Like I think a lot of people are confused on what they're really getting here. Yeah, and that's kind of where we are with it. Um, you know, the the hardware is fine; it's nothing special. Um, it's a docked switch. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, may, maybe a little bit. It's a little more advanced than that. Uh, it's got Bluetooth 5.0. Um, it, it's got uh, it, it does run um, a very small hard drive of, of 32 gigs of memory, but it supports SD cards. So, you know, I assume it's going to be very Nintendo esque from that standpoint, because the right. Wii and the Wii U both use SD cards to supplement their small hard drives. I, I also question this. Are the games going to be in disc format? Or are they going to be purely digital? Is there a disc drive? It sounds like it's purely digital. So in that aspect, it's acting like a Steam box. And especially when it's going to be accepting, uh, like you said, indie developers, we don't know how easy it is to develop for this machine. Um, well, it's, on top of that, it's Linux based, so it's not like anything incredibly proprietary. Um, and with the hardware that's out there, you know, you're not trying to push cutting edge stuff. So I imagine any indie title that you see on the Switch would be compatible. So in, in a sense, you're saying it, it's going to be as limited. It's going to be limited to that, though. So it, it can't be any better than that. I mean, I'm not saying it can't be better than that because the Switch is able to play modern games, right? You've got Wolfenstein 2 and Doom and that, and that type of But they sacrifice thing. in places and they have to. Right, but, and... but those games still play. So my, my point is more along the lines of it's not. It, it may not be just indie titles. We just don't know. If, if that's the only thing you're banking on is we can build a library real quick on indie developers. And, I mean, I feel like the level, the quality of the games go down. I'm not saying all indie games suck, but I'm saying a lot of them are kind of rough. And to be fair, a lot of the games are for Xbox and PS4 and Switch are kind of rough too. Uh, I mean, you're, what basically what this is telling me is that uh, there's a lot of people that want to see the change. There's not that many people fan that that are out there that are fans of the classic Atari games. I mean, let's be real. Uh, there's a little bit of a nostalgia factor, but you're not going to pay $300 for what that uh, NES Mini is, basically. Um, you're paying for what the potential is, and the potential is these indie games, and they people are want to see a change in the market, at least to get to $2 million as quickly as they did. I assume that's what it is, because there's not that many fans of those old games. And- people want indie games that bad? Over Red Dead Redemption, over Fallout? I'm not saying they want it more, but they want some different 
uh, something different in the market, and they want something that you know. You, when you get the same many developers coming up with uh, sequels to the same games, there's only so much innovation. But when you bring a, a platform that people can easily develop games for, that's well known. You know, Linux is very easy to work with, uh, and, and is taught at a lot of colleges how to work with that. Um, you, you're going to get more innovation in a shorter time because you're you're expanding beyond uh, having to have a, a super high-end publisher and having to uh, have Xbox sign off on your game. You're going straight to Atari, and I think that I, I, people are hoping. And, and you're, you're right. I mean, there may there may be totally crap games, but um, it also may be a whole generation of Cupheads and Super Meat Boys and all these other indie games that uh, have blown us away recently in the past. You know, Super Meat Boy is pretty old at this point, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and that made it to a Switch, and I bought it. I, I guess what I'm saying though is. Um it's a cheap way of building a library of games. Um, and let, let's say there is a hundred indie games waiting to release as soon as the, I don't know, let's just say that as a number, you know, how big are these games? I'm limited to a 32 gigabyte hard drive and everything has to be digital. I mean, I know I can upgrade the card. Um, but then there's that, (laughs) that aspect of it as well. So, I, I mean, are they accepting anybody? You know what I mean? Like, are they going to vet these games? Well, they have oh. they have everything listed on the Indiegogo campaign, the process for getting your game approved. So it's not like they're being super, uh, you know, hidden about the methods of doing these things. It's all out there. There's definitely an approval process. You could still meet those standards but have a shit story or something. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But Xbox games, I mean, how many Xbox games or PlayStation games or PC games are out there that are shit story? I would say for every Red Dead Redemption that's out there or or God of War, there's a hundred shit games to go with it. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying that this saying this is going to be amazing, but I, I'm saying that the, the ratio might be similar. I just worry of a whole library of shitty games and no AAA titles is what I worry about. Well, look look at it like this. So first off, you, you do not want a platform that tells developers that they will not carry their games because they don't think they're any good. You don't want that. You want a set of rules, and if a game passes those rules and is not broken, then the game can be released on that platform, and it's up to the players to decide what's good and what's bad. Because otherwise, you have Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, and Valve telling us what a good game is and we don't really want that we want games that are not broken we want games that are advertised accurately right we don't want to be ripped off but what i think is a good game versus what you two think is a good game and we have very differing opinions on that so i don't really want anybody telling me quote bad games are not allowed on a platform because that should only mean broken right or inappropriate illegal content um if you look at what Nintendo Switch has been doing with the indie titles, though, they've, they've kind of become the home for indie games right now. They and, have. And here's the thing. Nintendo is not easy to develop for from a process standpoint. There's a lot of red tape, a lot of hoops to jump through, and there's a lot of expense involved in getting a dev kit. So if those indie developers can go to Atari and develop cheaper, easier, more transparently, and have a clearer, straighter path, then maybe the Atari does become the indie home. And let's face it, I mean, there's a lot of people, myself included, who really love playing indie games. And you just want to play indie games on the on a console on the TV? I mean, you can play a lot of indie games on Steam. Sure, you can, of course. And that's great for some games. It's not great for others. I like to lay on my couch 
and have a controller in my hand and play some games. Now, that doesn't work for everything. There's plenty of games out there that require a keyboard and mouse. But, you know, I don't need to play... Stardew Valley is a good example because it was released on PC first, right? Um, Yeah, it works with a mouse and keyboard. Yes, it works with a controller on Switch. I'd rather lay on my couch with the controller to play a game like Stardew Valley, right? It's laid back. It's chill. It's, you know, it's not a first person shooter or something like that. And I want to relax while I'm playing that game. So if indie developers have a home here, that could end up being a very positive thing. And at a minimum might make Microsoft and Sony think twice about their indie strategy. If they're trying to appeal to a different market, I understand that. I'm just, again, uh, what games can you offer me? Because they, they, other than the library, we have no idea what's in the pipeline. And that's why I have not pre-ordered it, because I need something. I need to know some... Like, even if you just gave us a title of one, like, the name of one company that you're working with, it'd be a different story. Well, they, I mean, they've done that from the indie perspective, right? I think part of the problem is, is that this is very far out. The console is not intended to ship for a year. And so we're not, you're not going to know the release window titles for a new console a year out. You know, but I would hope that they would be working on some kind of deal. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. But just like when Sony, you know, releases the next PlayStation, we're not going to know the launch window titles except for maybe a couple Sony exclusives a year out. You know, it's going to be six months or something like that before we really get to know what's launching with that console. And so the issue here is that you have to pre-order this thing a year in advance to get these deals. And if you don't, if you wait for retail, you're going to spend more money. And that's the real key here is that the 199 Onyx console sans controllers will be 299 on retail. And that's expensive. So you're telling me it's the same price as the Switch. And the Switch comes with controllers. It comes with two controllers, two controllers, technically. Yeah. Right? So you have a hybrid console with two controllers. Well, what else can you get for 300 bucks? Well, you can get an Xbox One S. You can get a PS4 Slim. So, you know, what? What this has to offer something to justify that cost. Do you think they'll hit shelves at uh, Best Buys and Targets and Walmarts? I mean, that's the plan. You know, according to their... Do you think it'll just be like a purchase from our store kind of thing. No, it's supposed to hit retail and the plan is for it to be in stores. Uh, you know, I, I don't know which stores, right. We'll kind of have to wait and see, but I imagine the big ones, Walmart, Best Buy and Target will have it. Yeah. Well, none of us have pre-ordered it. If any of you out there that are listening have pre-ordered it, drop us a comment. Tell us why we're, we're really, we got these burning questions and all these concerns and, uh, we look so worried. So Give us some enlightenment. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point. Why. Like, I really do want to know if you did pre-order this, if you contributed, hit us up at Heroes Podcasts on Twitter or Facebook, or you can even email us, contact at heroespodcasts.com. That's plural for podcasts. Uh, we want to talk to you. We want to know uh, what led you to that decision and what you have to say about the console. So, all right. So moving on, unless do you guys have anything else you want to say about the Atari? No, I'm excited to see where it goes, and um, and John, to your point, you're probably right. I mean, like, it's likely that what will probably happen is the thing fails, and 
everybody gives it a bad review and because the majority of gamers i feel like do want AAA titles and what we're seeing in the indiegogo campaign is the the small sect of gamers that really want indie games to be a thing and i think that's great but i don't think it's enough to take a big enough market share for atari to be a competitor in the whole console war yeah and i'm not saying i want it to fail i'm i'm just trying to point out that they, their strategy is really weird. Their strategy is, we tell you nothing and hope that you have faith in us. <laughs> it's just a weird strategy. And um, yeah, it's cool that you want to shake up the market. But in the end of the day, I have a certain level of quality I, I play games and spend my money on because, you know, games are $60 a piece. So I'm going to pick the games that are, are rated good, that are the best it could be. Well, yeah, but I mean, indie titles are never $60. Oh, right. no, 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 yeah. no. So that's the but, thing. So if this console is a ton of really solid $10 and $20 games, well, now you have my attention because I don't have a ton of money to put into video games. So if I can buy $10 and $15 titles that are really good, you know, then maybe I'll start skipping some of the $60 titles that are just, they're fine, but they're AAA titles. So. It just depends where the market and, and where it is at that point and what's out. So next year, this time of year, something big could come out again. The new Halo could be released and uh, everyone wants to play Halo, you know? Well, but that's the thing, right? It's a first-person shooter from a major t- uh, franchise that you already know all about. And you either like that or you don't like that. You know, I don't think the Atari is going to live or die on one title. I think it's going to have to live or die on a library that is unique from the other consoles. But, you know, maybe they're just not telling us a lot because they don't know. I mean, I think, you know, a year ahead of the Switch's launch, what did we know about the Switch a year ahead of we time? We actually know quite a bit about it. Nintendo no. handled it really well. A and year ahead of time? Their... Dude, and... a year ahead of time, we knew squat about the Switch. Okay, but they also weren't taking pre-orders. Well, no, they weren't, right? That's the thing, right? So this is this is unique. It's what makes it weird. Nintendo so... doesn't need seed money. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, like, but Nintendo... We know. <laughs> this has 10,000 backers, right? And $2 million, $2.5 million at this point. So, I mean, it would be foolish to think that they're not going to try and go to some of the big manufacturers and be like, hey, guys, look at all this interest we have. Do you want to, you know, come and develop for us? So, you know, it, probably in the next year, there's going to be a lot of negotiating and them trying to get somebody on board. They're going to be limited by the hardware, but uh, as with the Switch, they found ways around that, and hopefully they don't have to cut too much out of games to make them playable on something with this hardware. Yeah, That's a very good point. I'm totally with you there. Because if you go to these other developers, so look, 10,000 people want to pre-order this thing with nothing announced about it. Imagine <laughs> no how info. many people will be interested if we announce XYZ, you know. And that's the thing. Like, you'd get my attention if I knew more about it. Because I, I want there to be more diversity in the gaming community. It's why I have the three major t- uh, platforms, you know, because I want to play them. I want to have those different experiences. So if they can show me this is different than an Xbox, it's different than the Switch and, and so forth, then, you know, maybe you'll get my business. So you you will not be – you will not be um, – <laughs> you're going to lose out on the discount is what you're saying. I, I'm, I'd rather lose out on the discount and be confident about my purchase 
than buy a two or three hundred dollar console that ends up being a total bust, right? Like you look back at the Oya, right? Tons and tons of people went into that Kickstarter campaign, it made eight and a half million dollars. It was a huge deal and was a complete and total failure flop of a release. You had people who were buying it in retail when people who had actually done the Kickstarter still hadn't received theirs yet. We ended up with just a bunch of Android app shitty games, you know, yeah. so. This could end up going that route. However, this could end up going a totally different route and end up revitalizing a company that hasn't made consoles in a long time. And they have a beautiful design, which we haven't really touched on, but the console itself is very, very attractive. And the wood is really cool. Yeah. Like I, I, it's if it weren't like a hundred dollars more, it like if it was sixty, that would be a little more like oh yeah, that's a really worth. That's worth that addition. It's limited supplies only, but a lot of people like the wood. It it's almost isn't it done? It's almost sold out, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure. I, I mean, so it's the wood edition is Indiegogo only. It's the collector's edition, and it's great. If, if you go to the Atari VCS collectors all in level, right. it just says how many are claimed. So I'm assuming that that's still available and you could get it. And so here's the thing: if you do want to do this, and by all means, please. If this interests you, support it. Because if this is the stuff you want to see, this is how you're going to see it. Um, and if the wood one is what you like, don't look at it as it being more money. Because it's not going to be available at retail. Right. When this thing goes retail, the Black Onyx Edition will be the same price that the wood edition is now. Right? So if you're going to pre-order it and you think the wood one is as beautiful as it is, I mean, I don't care what you have to say about their strategy here. This console is gorgeous. Like, I want this thing sitting in my entertainment center. I really do. Um, which is frustrating because it's just not enough for me right now to drop $300. But if it is for you, by all means, get it. You know, there's two versions available for the wood. One with a joystick, one with both controllers. Um, and you can you can get it right now. Um, Actually, there was a lot of all-in people is what I was... If you look at the other packages compared, the all-in is, is... There's a lot of people claiming the all-in. Oh, I see. So you actually only have until June 11th right. at 12 p.m. Eastern time to get the wood edition, and then it sells out. So I guess – so what that means is it's however many they sell in that time frame. And they have a year to, to figure out how many that is, right? So um, yeah, you figure that there's over 3,000 on that bracket and another, what, 1,700 on this bracket. So you know, half of the consoles sold are the wood ones. And, and – for good reason, I think. Like I said, I think a hundred bucks a little much um, for a collector's edition. But it's not it, though, right? Because it's, it's retail. It's retail price. It is. Yeah. When you put it that way, if you're going to buy this console anyway, why not get the wooden one, right? In fact, it's cheaper than retail if their numbers here are right, because they're saying it's two ninety nine wood with the joystick, whereas the Onyx nothing will be two ninety nine. Right. So yeah. Yeah, because you get you get a thirty dollar value, and so it's there, a, there a collector's go. edition. All right, well, I think we've rambled on long enough about the Atari, so let's move on. Uh, finish up the news here with some Red Dead Redemption Two news before we move on to stuff we've been playing. Nothing so, crazy, just something we see a lot of that pisses everybody off. Uh, it will be a timed exclusive. What will? Red Dead Redemption Two. The whole game. Uh, the way I look at it is. It will be first on PlayStation 4. Uh, it doesn't say how long. But yes, PlayStation 4 will get it first. and The whole game? The whole game. 
Wow. No, that's, I mean, that's, we talk about this all the time, man. That's very common. It's not that common. You guys, uh, so look at, when we were talking about this, Xbox got the sequel to the Tomb Raider reboot. Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider, right? Or is that right? Yeah. They got that one, PlayStation just now getting it. And they've had that almost over a year or two. Well, is that a timed exclusive or was it just that not? was a timed exclusive? Yeah, Xbox had that for a long time. But that doesn't mean it was developed that way on purpose. It might have just been developed for Xbox and then they developed it for PlayStation. Uh, I don't know. Because like that's there's a difference, right? Crash between... Bandicoot is a timed exclusive. Sure, yeah, it, yeah. It makes Crash sense Bandicoot. because Sony and Naughty Dog. I think Sony owns Naughty Dog. Crash Bandicoot is one thing, though, right? Because it was it used to be uh, a, a, an old Sony PlayStation classic, right? But yep. we're talking about one of the most anticipated games in a long time. This is definitely one of the most anticipated games of the year mm-hmm. between this, Fallout 76, and God of War, right? So it just seems kind of weird to have, it, have the game be a timed exclusive. They're totally bullying people. Um, they're bullying Xbox, like, let's be honest. They're, they're saying, look at all these games we have. And they, they have been crushing it on uh, exclusives lately. And uh, they're also getting, now they've sealed this deal. They're getting Red Dead Redemption 2, which, like you said, is one of the biggest anticipated games of this year. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how long that could be. It could be a couple months, which isn't terrible. But yeah, that, that's Sony put flexing some muscle is what that is. Man, I mean, I think that's a problem for games that are so story-driven, narrative-driven, because... So, I guess this is where I'm confused. According to Xbox's own listings, it's releasing on Xbox October 25th. Hmm. So, when is it releasing for for PlayStation? Yeah, that's a good question. Let's look that up. You know, like, that would be my real question here, because this just seems totally crazy to me. That this would the whole game would be a, a timed exclusive like that. We know that they were talking about doing um, each console would get certain, you know, unlockable parts of the map. But so the initial release date is October twenty sixth. Hmm. It is scheduled to release for PlayStation and Xbox One. I wonder if this is new. This news is new. Maybe it's only certain content. It's got to be specific content. It can't be the whole game. Because the, the, the official language I'm seeing is play select content first on PlayStation 4. That's the official Sony language. So that, that sounds like part of the game, not the game as a whole. Not the whole game. Which would make more sense. But, you know... Of course, there are three versions of the game, if you're interested. There is a Ultimate Edition, there's a Special Edition. Oh, and uh, there's also a Collector's Edition, which comes with a bunch of physical stuff, including a chest, um, some playing cards, a puzzle. I am done with those things. <laughs> you remember my rule, unless it has a statue, I'm not really into it. The playing cards are kind of cool. I don't know. They, they're probably going to be like half the size of normal car <laughs> like that's what i've found like stuff you look at like oh that's cool and then you get it and you're like oh this is like not functional at all so ryan have you played red dead redemption 
I have not. No, that's why I have been very quiet. I have not played it. It's on my list. There was a long period when I had an Xbox 360, and that was my only uh, console, and I just didn't game on anything except PC. So I've only recently started delving back into uh, console gaming, and Red Dead was one of the ones that I missed uh, in that in that period, unfortunately. But I'll play it at some point. My dad played it. He doesn't play a lot of video games. But he played Skyrim for like a thousand hours or something, and then he had <laughs> That's crazy. played Red Dead Redemption. Uh, but he got stuck at one point and stopped playing it. But he said it was really fun right up until then. So I trust his, I value his opinion. So I'll definitely be playing it if nothing else because of that. That's fair. Um, I have not played it either. Um, I picked it up recently, used on uh, for Xbox. So I'll be checking that out um, before the new one comes out. But I know this is a deal breaker for you, but you can definitely pet animals in this game. In two or one? In the first one, you could pet animals. You can kill animals. You can keep them. What kind of animals? Um, I mean, you have a horse. You have yeah, a but horse. Like, can I pet dogs? Because that's kind of important. If I recall, it's been a little while. I'm pretty sure you could pet dogs. Okay, dogs and cats are. I'm good with if it's either one of those. A horse is cool know, too, I don't though. Know how cats fared in this time? I don't remember, but. That's I'm pretty positive there are there's a lot of animal petting and and I know that's a deal that's perfect that's like eighty percent of the game for me right, so right he he bought um <laughs> the new Assassin's Creed <laughs> go ahead and tell him yeah I bought the Assassin I got Assassin's Creed because uh, it had cats in it that you could pet and that looked awesome plus I had, I had played a bunch of the other Assassin's yeah. Creed starting with the original Assassin's so Creed he knew that that was a mechanic of yeah. that series <laughs> yeah well I mean I I well. I don't think I don't remember if you could do that in the original Assassin's Creed game. I just was saying that because I know I really loved those games and that I would really like the gameplay of this one. But then when I saw a video of, of uh, I can't remember the character's name, petting a cat, I was like, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. And it was Sphinx Cats, the hairless cats, which are my yeah, favorite. Uh, so. favorite. favorite. Your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I, I ended up with the new Assassin's Creed because it came with the Yeti microphone that I bought for Screen Heroes. Oh, our other podcast, so... So he just sure. got it by default. I'll, I'll, really I'll, I'll take a free AAA title, that's fine. <laughs> I also bought, bought Far Cry because you could pet dogs in it, so... Hey man, at least you're consistent. Yep. Hey, you can have a dog in Fallout, which is probably why you play the Fallout yeah, games, too. Yeah, dog meat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dog meat, dude. He he was good. Yeah, he dog, was very good. dog meat's the best boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's it then for news. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk a bit about some of the games that we've been playing recently, and I thought this would be a good chance for you guys to talk about your first experiences with PlayStation VR. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Did you not want to talk a little bit about E3? Sure. So E3's coming up. Guys, E3's coming up. (laughs) Wednesday. Wednesday will begin. It'll begin Wednesday, and Sony seems to be the first one up. Um doesn't it, I, I thought there was stuff happening on Saturday. It begins Wednesday. For Sony. Yeah. For Sony. And I think it'll be going all the way through the weekend. Is that not right? Okay. Sure. I mean, it's every year. Look, E3, I think E3 is a little exaggerated at this point. Yeah, they're going to announce some stuff. Yeah, most of it we probably already heard about. So we'll recap anything interesting. But, I mean, are you really excited for E3? I know Ryan is because this segues into what we were talking about. So Ryan's got a PSVR. Yeah. And... I recently got a PSVR and then they, they, Sony made a big announcement today about their mm-hmm. countdown to E3, right? Which, uh, uh, they have, I think six items 
that they are going to be announcing uh, leading into E3. And four and, of those are VR. <laughs> uh, three of them. Yeah, three of them are VR. Uh, three of the five, it looks like, is what it is. Um, one is PS4 game with PSVR support. One's a brand new PSVR game. And one is an eagerly anticipated game coming to PSVR. Um, and so the PS PS4 ga- new PS4 game with PSVR support, we don't know what that is because it's a new game, right? No way to predict that. Right. Um, and same with the other one that's just a new PSVR game. Um, but the eagerly anticipated game uh, is the one that, that was most of the interest to me. Because um, there's in the in the subreddits and on the internets, there's a uh, there's a lot of people with a lot of guesses. So what do you think it is? Fallout Three? You know, I don't really know. Uh, Fallout Four. I, I'm assuming <laughs> Beat Saber is going to be announced, which is one that that they've had on uh, PC. VR for a while, but uh, well, not for a while, for for like less than a month. Um, but the, everybody knows it's coming to PSVR because it's the biggest and best-selling PS or the biggest VR headset. Um, so they know that that's gonna that would be a mistake to not release it there. Um, Do so you that's not think possible. it's gonna be AAA? It could be. It could. I mean, it's not gonna be Fallout Four VR because that'll barely run on a on the highest end PC with the highest end hardware. Yeah. You won't get more than like forty frames per second. Um, so it's definitely not that. It could be a lot of people are saying No Man's Sky, which I'm not familiar with. Um, oh, no. But I remember a lot of anticipation about that when that was coming out, and uh, it flopped. Yeah. Well, so No Man's Sky, for those who don't remember, No Man's Sky just didn't ship ready, and in the year or so that it's been out, they've added a ton of new content to it, and the rate the latest release of stuff is supposed to be pretty impressive. Well, apparently it was a 20 gigabyte update this recent one. That's huge. Yeah. It's a, it's supposed to be a pretty massive game though, so I would I would think playing this in VR would be cool, but you know, I'm not sure that that would be anything to announce at E3, right? Because well, they're not mind, announcing like, it at E3; they're announcing it in the lead up to E3, which is a whole other point. But. And that's what I, that's what I was trying to get at earlier is um, these are just announcements. They're just giving us bonus technically, and then they're going to go into details on uh, during the weekend. Yeah, I just I feel like for it to be No Man's Sky, somebody would have to really convince me that this was worth the risk because this game did bomb, like you guys were saying, and created a lot of animosity in the community. So to put this front and center, I just think would be a, a risky thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's No Man's Sky. If I had to put money on it, I would put money on Beat Saber because when they launched, they had PSVR listed on their webpage. Um, so everybody knew it was coming for PSVR, but recently they removed it from their webpage, which means to me that they're going to be making an announcement at some point. Or they want Sony to say, said, hey, we want to make an announcement, so remove it from your webpage. We don't want people to know. Uh, either that or they're not developing it for the PSVR, which would be insanely stupid. Uh, but, you know, that's that's my big bet. There are people who have also mentioned uh, Bioshock. Um, that'd be cool. The fall fallout is a possibility, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fallout four. It would be fallout three, like you said, or New Vegas, um, which either of those would be cool. Um, resident evil two has come up. I Uh, am really excited for that. And I hope not, maybe not VR, but I'm really hoping that that actually does come through the works. There's been a lot of buzz around it and I'm very, very stoked for that. GTA five. Somebody mentioned, um, no. Which would be interesting. I mean, it's in the right technology uh, era for it, for something like PSVR. It would be like weird because it'd have to be first person. Yeah, that's true. That would be weird. Yeah. Well, GTA Five has a first person mode. Mm, that's additional. Like that's not how the game was made originally. 
No, but it is the way the game can be played today. So I think it'll be like a, it'll probably be their, I don't know, some kind of zombie. It'll probably be like Dead Island. All right, PUBG, PUBG VR. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's probably likely. They've been talking about that. There's my big prediction. They're already releasing. uh, They're gonna. That's gonna be done already. Essentially, by a different game that's free. So I don't. I don't know that that would be very successful. Um, how cool would it be if it was the new Spider-Man game or like a version of that? So that would be, be pretty cool. fun as VR. Although I'd probably get sick. Oh yeah, I mean, you get... yeah, it's that game looks a little too graphically intensive for well, PSVR. it wouldn't be like an exact. You know, it'll probably thing. be like. Uh, I think it's going to be a shooter. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. I think it's going to be a shooter game. I hope it is. I would. I either that or Beat Saber. I would put money on Beat Saber, but I would be happy with a shooter too because I've enjoyed the shooting I've done so far. I think. They need to release some navigation or joystick controllers. Damn it, for the for the VR. Let's talk about let's talk about our experiences with the VR now. So Ryan, it's your VR. I'm gonna let you take the lead, and then I'll come in. Yeah, so I got a PSVR. I got the bundle. Uh, they have it online for 350 for Skyrim VR bundle. It comes with your PSVR headset, your two motion controllers, uh, your camera. And, and everything, that, basically everything you need to set up VR. Um, funnily enough, I haven't actually tried Skyrim yet. Um, they, it comes with a demo disc, uh, and there's an additional demo disc that came with the first iteration of the PSVR that you can also download for free. And then there's a handful of other games out there that you can get for free. Um, and so that's mostly what I've been uh, cutting my teeth on lately and and i've i've really enjoyed it um you know there's some graphics differences Uh, obviously the playstation has not as good a hardware as a gaming pc that would use the vive or the rift but for what it is uh, i think it's pretty incredible and and i think john will agree with me on that um i think that uh if you're on the fence about buying it find a friend or somebody you know to let you try it because i think that once you try it, is that, that's where it really sells it. You know, you can read about it or whatever, but actually trying it and getting your hands on it is where where it really shines. I agree with that. Like at first, I was. Uh, if you guys have listened back in some of our podcasts, I'm very thinking, very critical of of VR because I just think at this point it's not at a point where it's like crazy good, uh, especially for the money, and and you're having to pay still quite a bit to get that, but. At the price point, at the at the price point the PSVR comes in at, and the quality that it does deliver, it's pretty great. Um, it's it is a lot of fun, and it, it is totally yeah. The graphics aren't as good, but since it's so full submersive, you really don't. You just kind of ignore it. It goes away. It, it doesn't. That no longer bugs you at first. Yeah, that's does, a good way to say it for sure. Because yeah, yeah, I noticed the same thing. Yeah, first you're like, oh, this is blurry, but really, then you start actually playing it, and you actually are submerged submerged into the game. Like, you're playing the game. That is no longer a thing. You're actually focusing on the game. Um, we played a lot of cool games. There's a lot of good demos. I played a couple horror ones. Um, one was really good. It was the Until Dawn Blood Rush, which is a, was some, that was some DLC content added on the Until Dawn game. A lot of fun. Very cool in VR, actually. Um, <laughs> you get like, uh, so you sync up your controllers and then you see your hands holding two guns and you're basically on a cart and you go through this, uh, carnival type thing and creatures run at you and, uh, you're shooting boxes. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So it's actually a lot of fun. 
Um, I you know, but it's like uh, that rec room. Yeah, so the the game that I probably spent the most time with yeah. so far is is Rec Room, which is it was like Wii Sports except in VR. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good way to describe it. But it, basically, uh, it's a it's a completely free game, and as far as I know, it's the only cross platform game that exists on PlayStation. When you're playing, you play with Oculus Rift and uh, Vive owners on while they're playing on PC or playing on the PlayStation. Uh, it doesn't use PlayStation Plus or net, whatever the whatever the subscription services. You can play without that. Um, but basically, what it is is it's a social hub uh, that also has a bunch of other games with it. So you there's a, there's what's called the rec room, which is the area like a what what it sounds like. It's just a room where everybody kind of congregates, and there's basketballs you can pick up and throw into a hoop, or there's uh, paintball guns you can shoot other people with, um, or you know trash cans you can pick up and throw at people uh, you know or whatever you want to do apparently everything i want to do happens to be throwing things at people but um it, you can also outside of that play a whole bunch of different games there's paintball laser tag um they're introducing like i was mentioning earlier they're introducing a PUBG like um game that's also free they it's much smaller scale but um 20, I think 20 people. Uh, there's like an RPG dungeon delving thing that, John, you didn't get to try, but it's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I saw you... it, and I was like, it's Quest, right? Yeah, it's Quest. Yeah, yeah you get a sword like, and a shield. Oh, I, I know we didn't have enough time. Yeah, and I mean, so the, it, the fact that it's a free game and offers this much content and it's cross-platform is pretty impressive to me. And, and it's honestly, it, the graphics are not great, but you like John said, you really don't notice it. It just is fun. Um you know, there's. I didn't really haven't had any problems with like a bunch of really young kids in there. It says that you have to be 12 to play it, um, which I'm sure is not really enforced, but it is what it is. The game, I I really enjoy it. It's really fun, and the fact that it's free is just icing on the cake for me. Nice. Paintball was my favorite. Like paintball, <laughs> I really enjoyed the paintball. I I would say the the only con I have to it right now, and it's just more of a getting used to it type thing is the movement is limited. The, you have to kind of teleport to where you want to go. You can't. It's not free, fluid movement like like you would with a joystick unless you want to play with the DualShock, which is, kind of takes you out of the whole thing um, because then you're just moving your head around and you're actually moving. You're actually playing with the controller, though, but you're just so, looking. So using a joystick that is something that um, it's possible in some games. It's probably possible in every game, but um, a lot of people, when they use, they call that free movement or something like that in VR, and, mm -hmm. and a lot of people have motion sickness really bad with that because you're and, and I tried a racing game that was like that, and, and it made me a little queasy, and I don't get sick easy. So... Um, you know that that's for a lot of people would probably be something that you wouldn't want to do until you've been playing VR for a long right. time, so that you're used to how that stuff works. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think that in certain games a joystick would be really handy, like like Skyrim. Like I feel like Skyrim potentially. I feel like I would still get super sick. It's like, what do you do when you're in combat? I, I mean, you just kind of teleport around your enemies. <laughs> well, when you were moving in uh, in Rec Room. Uh, it's limited, right? Like they it they is. slow it down so you can't move super quick because they want everybody to be on the same battlefield, right? Like a Vive owner could probably move quicker if there wasn't any limit than a PSVR owner, and vice versa. So, um, you know, in Skyrim, you don't have those limits. So you, once you get used to it, you probably can move a lot quicker. Uh, I haven't tried it, so I don't know that that's true. 
I'm just saying that's like the next step. And I think for when sure. they make that controller, hopefully they announce it this weekend. Um, that'll be big. That'll be huge. That'll be, uh, that'll definitely change the VR realm a little bit more because now you have free movement for sure. But it's great. Awesome. I, I'm definitely sold on it. I definitely want to buy one. Uh, I've already been looking into a shit ton of games and offering uh, suggestions to Ryan. <laughs> Are you going to get the Rick and Morty game? Come on, you got to get the Rick and Morty game. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ryan's got to get Farpoint, which is the sci-fi yeah. first-person shooter. So he's Look, I, get want, that, I want all these and games. And he's going to get Super Hot. Uh, super Hot is probably top of my list right now. Yeah, um, Super Hot looks great. There was another game I did want to just touch on briefly because I know we've got to move on to other things, but um, it was called Moss. It's on the demo disc uh, as a trial, and um, something I thought was really interesting about it was when I went into VR, I didn't really think of like all the possibilities that you can do with it, but this game, uh, if you're not familiar, you're basically playing the, the role of like a god right you're you're like viewing the world from a god perspective and so basically what you see in front of you is is a fully immersive map like sitting down in front of you like if you pictured Derek's house or or your own house or whatever uh, in front of you, you're seeing a layout of this area, and you control a mouse with the joysticks. Use the DualShock. You control a mouse and move around with a mouse through puzzles, um, and you manipulate the puzzles as this god character. To you know, there's certain things you can move to kind of help the mouse through it. And there's like he has a sword, and so he can fight characters. Um, and seeing that kind of innovation in a VR game really has me excited for uh, what what possibilities could be out there that I haven't even thought of. Cause it blew my mind. I never thought of using VR in a way like that. And it's really hard to describe. Uh, so I hope that you guys get the chance to try it at some point, but I think Derek, especially, I think you would appreciate it. Yeah, it does sound really interesting. I, I really do appreciate when they try and think outside of the box, right? Because it's so easy to take VR and use it the same way that we've been making video games forever. You know, you're a character and that character moves around a normal space and whatever. But with VR, you can separate so much more from that. And there's a few games that do it. And I think that's a, a really solid example. Um, so that's awesome, guys. Well, I know we're actually uh, pretty much out of time here because John has to go play track and field stuff. <laughs> um, I wouldn't put it that way, but I do are have to Are we talking about run. the NES game? <laughs> no, I mean physically uh, running. <laughs> but uh, what is that? I don't run. know what that is. What is, what is exercise? Um, yeah. No. So, yeah. so I think we'll have to wrap things up. Um, ne- I'll, I'll, we will um, next week's episode or in our next episode uh, might be a little off schedule because we can't record on our normal time. So the episode may come early. It may come a few days late. Uh, we'll let you know when it releases, but I will definitely be talking about towards the Pantheon in that episode, which is a new RPG that I've been playing on steam. That's really quite lovely that I really want to talk about, but we ran out of time here today. So um that will be it for us. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Do you want to give a little shout-out to Buster Props? Well, I'm sure John does it every week, but yeah, we uh, you can check us out. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Etsy. We do a lot of cool uh, you know, cosplay and just collector-type stuff. If you want a Batman cowl or something like that for your wall or for your cosplay, then we can definitely get you hooked up, so check us out. That is Fantastic. what I say. <laughs> I knew it, word for word, see? Word for word. Word for word. We did not plan that. 
And I am the Star Trek dude on Twitter and Facebook. You can find me on Screen Heroes with Ryan, um, which is our one of our other shows on the network where we talk movies and TV. Um, you can join us uh, live Tuesday nights for that. And I'm also on Red Shirts and Runabouts, which is the Star Trek podcast here on the network. We are the Heroes Podcast Network. We are Gamer Heroes. You can find us at Heroes Podcasts on Twitter and Facebook or HeroesPodcasts.com. Subscribe to us. We are on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, anywhere you can drop an RSS feed. We'll catch you guys next time. Game on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.